Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman, where you'll learn to awaken your divine intuition and open your human heart. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and learn. Here's Sarah. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. This is me, your host, Sarah, and welcome to this wonderful end of March day that we're experiencing together, each of us from the place where we're listening, where we're listening from. And, you know, the show is uh, covering places like all over the U.S. and also in Europe. So I'm pretty excited. I know we've got some listeners out there in Europe. Uh, probably English speaking, <laughs> I'm assuming. So welcome everyone. And just uh, as you're listening right now, I'd like you to even just take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth and just acknowledge and hold awareness for everybody else who's listening, all these beautiful souls and everybody who's going to be listening on podcasts later on. The reach is extending. I'm getting emails from you guys and it is fantastic. Uh, I want to say thank you to our uh, anonymous <laughs> radio angel who's been sponsoring uh, last show and a couple shows in the future. Um, uh, she wants to remain anonymous, but she knows who she is. And I'm so grateful for uh, donations, sponsorship, Anybody wants to advertise, uh, um, think of it as sort of public radio. Uh, the support is completely um, appreciated and helps me produce more materials for you guys to work with and listen to and um, be of use to you. So I want to thank our radio angel for this show and for last show and a couple of shows upcoming. If you're interested in sponsoring, uh, just go to my website and you'll find it all there. We are taking calls today. The number is 877-230-3062. And we do have someone waiting already, so we'll be getting to that person soon. Uh, but I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about a few other things that I have going on. Um, first of all, I want to present to you and today we're going to be talking about shifting relationships so as you know i kind of talk about a little things housekeeping and such before then we'll do our calls and then we'll go into the lesson but i want to present to you guys this idea of those of you who are doing the work 
those of you who are um, doing reading, not just my stuff, but uh, spiritual books and books that allow you to open to your divine self, those of you who are spending time doing uh, the audio courses that I do and that other people do, um, stuff is changing for you in pretty much a miraculous way. Um, I'm noticing in session time also that um, the clients I'm working with are, um, one client said to me uh, something like, uh, since our since I had my first session with you, everything's changed. And I said to her, you know, well, <laughs> it isn't about me. It isn't about me. It's about um, you doing the work and getting ready to step forward and being um, able to be ready to make change in your own life. And so when you are ready to um, open yourself to this vulnerability to the divine and just say, you know, I don't know, or show me the way. Um, the divine is just like waiting there, like the ultimate, you know, football coaching team for you. Like, yes, we will show you how, but you do need to um, open yourself to it. And so I wanted to share, I've got an email from a very dear client uh, who has been working extensively. It looks like she's on lesson 52 of the um, 365 ways to awaken your mystic heart, which is an email course I have on daily OM. So she's on lesson 52, which means she's 52 days into it. And um, one of the meditations for that particular day is, uh, the question is just simply, what have you opened to this week and what have you resisted? And for this particular client, I'm not going to read the email but just to maintain privacy, but um, she said that it brought up some stuff for her that she'd been working on for about two years. And when she read that, what have you opened to this week? What have you resisted? That question alone was enough to allow her to understand what she had been resisting for two years. And she said, when I logged into today's lesson, number 53, I realized that I did indeed wish to have my inner heart opened. And just like that, I was able to forgive and let go. And then she puts in parentheses, well, it was actually a couple hours later. But still, we'll take that. We'll take that from this um, wonderful client who's been doing her work for a long time. And the results just happen. When you ask for assistance, when you ask for help, uh, the divine is there to allow you to... Um, to move forward, to move forward. So we're going to take callers now. We're going to take our first caller. Um, go ahead and anybody who's waiting to call in, now's a great time. Uh, 877-230-3062. And now we're going to go to our caller, which is uh, Kirsten, I think is how. Kirsten, are you there? I'm here, yes. Oh, good. Well, um, Kirsten is a name, uh, and it looks like you might be from Minnesota area, is that right? 
no, over here in Oregon. Just, oh, in uh, Oregon. Oh, I didn't know that was in Oregon. Okay, okay. <laughs> when I when I grew up, everybody's name was. I grew up in Seattle. Everyone's name was Kirsten or Karsten or Kristen or, you know, all the variations of this Scandinavian name. So I don't know how old you are or where you're born, but I I I knew a lot of people with that name in my upbringing. It's kind of funny. Well, um, tell us what's going on for you and. What can I help you out with today? Well, I'm kind of thinking I've just recently kind of reopened and looking at what I need to do with my career to make myself happy. And I'm, I'm finding that my heart's desire is to be a writer and mm-hmm. that I'm here to be a writer. And I, I have a couple books and I'm just now starting the process of trying to get this going and I I guess I was wondering if you could tell me if you see anything. Yeah, I think it's interesting um, because it seems to me that you're not going, a lot of people want to be writers and this is a, you know, a huge desire, but um, a lot of people come to this from like the wrong angle and it seems to me that you have a great deal of clarity about um, your own enjoyment of the process, having something important to you that you'd like to express in the world. And so it seems to me that you're coming to this from this kind of place of n- not as much ego. Um, I still think there's a little ego there, which is which is fine. It'll probably be what gets you through the gets you through the. Uh, the trauma of <laughs> sitting in the chair. But um, I think that you have the tenacity to do it. And so tell tell me a little bit about what style of books you were thinking of writing, what genre or um, some of your other goals. I've, I've, um, I've written a book. It's kind of a, a young adult fantasy, more mm-hmm. of um, the elementary level, because I know when I was growing up, that was I could never find something at my level to read, and so I was yes. forced to read above. And so I'm trying to to hit that hole that I felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Growing so up. what? So what age were you when you were having trouble um, finding stuff? I'm thinking it was between like second to fourth grade. Yeah. Well. Um, it's kind of interesting. I used to read this book over and over called um, White Horse Summer. And I don't remember the author's name right now, but she went on and wrote. Uh, that was like not her big book. That was just the book that I had as an eight year old or however old I was in my little library that basically, you know, changed my <laughs> changed my whole life. And. I saw her somehow, my my own daughter's 12, so we have a lot of kids' books around, and I came across this author for the books that had made her famous, and it's something about a cat or something, and um, on a complete whim, this was maybe a month or so ago, I emailed her, she's probably in her 80s, and she emailed back, and I was able to say, you know, as an adult, gosh, your book changed my life not your big book that was your big seller but your um little book that probably didn't even do that well for her and we had a little bit of a correspondence and this is coming up for you like the guides are saying like recognize recognize the impact you will have on the kids who read your books 
and recognize the deepness of this calling outside of how well you sell, how famous you are, recognize that you're getting into this place of absolute, these kids are absolutely vulnerable and the books that you write are going to affect them forever. So like recognizing the responsibility of this is what they're telling me that this is a big task. It's much bigger than just young adult fiction. And it's much bigger than all the, you know, here's how you market it. Here's how you, you know, get it published. It's what you've got is deeper. So <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, there, you've got a big, you've been given a deep task. So, and right. what's, what's, yeah, what's your plan in terms of, um, do you have another way to make money or are you supported in other ways so you can just sort of focus on this? Um, I am right now. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, um, stay at home primarily and then I've got a couple side odd jobs that I do in the evening and mm-hmm. um, and that that are helping to assist but mm-hmm. um, and, but I figure and, I've got about three years before it's kids are in full school and I you know kind of have to either mm-hmm. go back to work or make this you know I'm trying to get something mm-hmm. going now so I can say in three years okay I can stay home and really do this <laughs> yeah I think I think um um, absolutely, you can do it. This tenacity and this ability to put your schedule in order, it, it's like you've got a lot of the personality traits that are going to allow you to be really successful. So um, I wouldn't wait any longer. I wouldn't wait till summer, you know, to get started. Or I would just plot out three, like a trilogy or something, so that you've got more than one in your mind as you're working. And just um, give yourself deadlines, <laughs> like set yourself up on a little program and just uh, there's no reason at all for you to wait or you to um, worry that it won't work. Just like going going forward is sort of the place for you right now. So that's great news. They're, you're ready that. and they're ready to support you. So and I don't this is specifically for you, like for other writers, I would have different things to say it's you've got again tenacity uh is what comes to mind so don't uh don't hesitate to move forward in a gutsy manner uh even let go of some of these evening jobs if that's keeping you from this purpose and understand the the depth of your uh, the depth of your task that you're taking on and i, I don't know if you i i <laughs> i've been a uh, a little bit enraged about Hunger Games and the inappropriateness of that for like younger children. Mm. Um, and it feels to me that what you're writing is the antithesis of that sort of dark style. Um, and I think that that's sorely needed in the world. So continue with the lighter, the brighter and the divine aspect that comes through your work. Perfect. Well, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for calling, Kirsten. I appreciate it. And oh, and you have won a free <laughs> audio course, and they will take your email if they haven't already. That'll be sent to you soon. So. Oh, perfect. Thank okay. you so much. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we are giving away to callers in a free audio course, uh, Manifest Miracles. And uh, if you called in last to the show last week, um, uh, I need to <laughs> I need to send you your audio course today, which I will do. I actually forgot to do that, so I will get on that right now. Um, today we are talking about 
shifting relationships. And um, we've been working so hard on this idea of opening our hearts through the four stages, um, doing this one-minute miracle of opening from uh, pain into compassion, into connection, into love. And today what we're going to talk about is um, how to do use this in a very specific way with one of the biggest issues that I see um, clients having and folks having and myself having is just uh, surrounding the relationships in our life. And we're going to talk about uh, why relationships are these big uh, <laughs> triggers for us and why relationships are such challenges and some ways that we can shift this. And one thing, you know, a lot of the love advice now is, you know, until you can get a partner, um, you know, you, you need to be comfortable. You need to love yourself first. And I, I'm not really sure I'm in agreement with that. A another big thing is, you know, never look at the past and never look at the future and only live in the now. And I'm definitely not, um, in, I'm definitely not aligned with that idea of only living in present moment without reviewing past and without, um, imagining or visioning to future. It seems like time is this continuum. Uh, we operate on all levels of time, not just this present moment, but it's very simple in intuitive work in spiritual intuition to move effortlessly into past and into future. And uh, it's all the now, not just present time as the now. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that uh, in the next couple moments. Right now, we're going to take a little break. And what I'm trying to do now is we've got our new album, Rod Hayes Dream has just come out. You can get it on my website. It is from my band, Martyrs of Sound, which is me and my partner, Dr. Steve Cope, and some other folks. Uh, I wanted to introduce you guys to some of the music on this new album. And so we're going to take the time now to play one of the songs there, uh, which also relates to our teaching today, which is called Beautiful. So you can get this album on sarahweisman.com. But let's take a moment now, and we're going to listen for a few minutes to this new song, Beautiful.
Alrighty then, and we are back with Ask Sarah, with Sarah Wiseman. You were just listening to this new song from Martyrs of Sound, our new album, Rod Hayes Dream, called Beautiful. And I wanted you to hear that song, especially as we're talking about shifting relationships. I got a super fun email from um, a listener and uh, she says, uh, I was, <laughs> this really tickled me. She said, I heard two of your songs today, New Soul and Angel on the talk show. I guess that might be this and bought all four albums. I listened to everything all at once. I haven't played an album all the way through since I was a teenager, much less four. Yeah, I know what you mean. Just putting it on and letting it go. She says, new favorite band. Oh, yeah. Can t-shirts be far behind? Well, we actually don't have any t-shirts, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe we could get some t-shirts. Um, and then she signed it. This is so cute. Instead of, I thought she wrote blessings, but she wrote blissing, blissing. And so that is what, if you were looking for a way to raise your vibration, this Martyrs of Sound music is designed for uh, putting on the headphones, laying on the sofa, going to another time and space dimension and being fully healed. So check that out if that's if you're looking for some new music to take a listen to. Shifting relationships. Um, it seems to me that at least in my own life, uh, <laughs> relationships are always like the one thing that get me um, kind of stuck. And in talking to clients and in working with people, it seems to be this way a lot. Um, you know, in, in client sessions I'm or with people that I don't know very well, I'm often, you know, pretty blissed out and peaceful and happy and on, uh, focused and doing my work. But then you get into these uh, more intimate relationships, such as with uh, the two teenagers <laughs> that currently live in my household. And sometimes there is an older third one around. And, uh, you know, these triggers happen. These triggers happen from the people that we are supposed to be closest to um, when we are rubbing shoulders with our kids or our parents from, you know, way back or our partners or our colleagues. Um, these people that sort of are always circling around us all the time. We have trouble. We have trouble in our relationships. And um, to my mind, this challenge of dealing with relationship is probably, um, at least in my life, it's been the biggest challenge that I've faced. I mean, I know there's other challenges. People do face, you know, physical challenges or uh, other things. But for most of us, relationship is always this kind of sticking point. And so I've begun to look at, uh, you know, kind of why this is. And um, some of the questions, and we've talked about this in past shows, we're going to look at it a little bit differently, but these questions of, you know, why do we attract certain people to us? Why are we in particular relationships? I mean, is it just random or is there a reason? Do we know certain people from our past lives? 
Do we know everyone on the planet, everyone in the universe? Do we have karma together? Do the relationships that we experience hold lessons for us? Um, how come some relationships are great and some are horrible? Uh, is there a way to create true, authentic connection be between you and another person? I mean, how connected can we actually be? Uh, is there a way to heal toxic relationships? Can energy do this? Uh, can intention do this? What's the way to shift uh, relationships? Can we heal from divorce or abuse or childhood wounds? Uh, can we heal relationships from our past when we were kids? What about relationships that aren't even here yet that we're going to have in the future? What about relationships with the departed so looking at all this um, circling of you and other people, and it comes to me, or this idea came to me in meditation, is this idea of soul circles, um, this idea that we are um, provided with this, this little cluster. And um, Michael Newton did some of this work a number of years ago on uh, soul circles, this idea that we are clustered into groups when we're, and then every time we're born, we are reborn into this same cluster. And um, this, this work, I had found this idea in meditation before I was able to find Michael Newton's work. He writes uh, Destiny of Souls and some other books that were very popular. Um, and this idea of working in your clusters and I think he's got it divided into like there's a primary cluster and secondary I don't quite remember but um, what I find when I do past life regression with people or when I do uh, karmic family work with people is that yes all of the people you know now uh, in any kind of close or intimate uh, way, like you're seeing them a lot or they're in your mind a lot, are absolutely people that you met before uh, in other lifetimes. And you will stay with this particular little soul circle until you um, have released your karma with this person, until you've, and, and karma in my definition, I know there's, you know, Buddhist definitions and other traditional definitions, but my definition is soul lessons learned over time. So you are continually repeating the lesson with these people in your soul clusters until finally in one of these lifetimes or another, maybe not this one, maybe it will be this one, you, um, you begin to learn this lesson. And so um, you begin to solve the lesson, you, you complete the karma, which is soul lessons over time. So that's all great, except for most of us are stuck in this place where we haven't learned our lesson with one of these people that we're involved with. And furthermore, it's not going to happen <laughs> in this lifetime, probably. We're maybe going to make a little progress on it, but mostly... Uh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna solve it. We're not gonna solve the issue in this lifetime. And I want to look at that because even though we can't necessarily solve 
the triggers in the relationship or solve the misunderstanding or whatever it is that you're going through, uh, we can shift the energy and we can shift the energy in a way that allows us to have healing, perhaps not complete healing. Uh, sometimes it is complete. Sometimes when you do your work, miracles just do happen. But um, these slight shifts and then more slight shifts begin to have this cumulative effect. Um, as the the client that I mentioned who was doing, who was on day 53 of the um, 365 ways to awaken your mystic heart, suddenly on day 53, something happened for her. And so when we do our work continually and over time, things do begin to change. So in your life right now and in your soul cluster, you're going to have seven key relationship uh, categories, I guess, or relationship roles. And so the first, of course, is family. That's usually the first relationship that you experience. You're a baby. You're born into some kind of family, whether it's birth or adopted or um, whatever kind of family it is. The next is a friend, which is when you're a young child and you finally move outside your family for the first time. Maybe you're in school or maybe there's somebody that you start playing with in the neighborhood. And so this is your first exposure to another soul or another being who is not yourself and who also is not your family. It's like outside of the tribe outside of the core tribe that you've been so used to. And so it's a way of understanding yourself in an independent way, this first step of separation from family. Um, and then we usually move on to this other category, this third category of what I call teacher slash mentor. And that's when you go to school and you begin to continually experience yourself as more unique and more separate from the family you were born into and even the friends you have. And you begin to find that your own mind and your own way of being and your own interests lie in a certain area. You begin to understand yourself as a person who has some pretty specific gifts. Um, and at this point, these teachers and mentors, and I'm sure even if you think back now to like third grade or fifth grade or whatever it was, you can remember those teachers that even if you didn't like school, there was somebody, a teacher or a coach or an adult or a neighbor who, um, provided you with some mentoring in your, in your area of um, natural giftedness. Uh, I remember the, co the caller today, Kirsten, who was going to be writing um, young adult uh, or uh, uh, yeah, young adult fiction and this idea that the task that she has of, of being mentor to these young, younger kids who she's not even going to probably know who they are um, being mentor and, uh, supporting these children, uh, in ways. So you had these in your life 
as you moved along, you moved to find colleagues. And these are people that you worked with. Maybe you formed business partnerships with. Um, you began to build things with. And this doesn't mean colleague at work necessarily. It's more about the people you build stuff with. Um, you build a business. You build an interest area. You have hobbies with them. Uh, you build towards the future with these people. These are people that you um, um, create create structure with. It could be your church community, uh, whatever it is. At a certain point, you find a lover or the beloved. And this is, uh, we're going to talk about this. This is the next most intimate relationship beyond um, parent or mother, especially mother. Then you find after you've gotten all this way, you know, probably you're an adult by now and you've worked your way through most of the kinds of relationship categories that you're going to experience. And then you need help. <laughs> you come to a place of consciousness, but not ultimate consciousness. And uh, you're an adult and everything you thought was going to happen hasn't happened quite like you thought it was going to. And, you know, you're working on your manifesting and that's sort of different than you thought. And, and sort of <laughs> all this confusion, like, so, so this is my, this is my life. And, and then you begin to look back and see all of the pain of a lot of these relationships you held from the past, especially we're going to talk about this more, uh, the parent relationship. And then these healers start showing up. And so these healers might be formal healers, whereas, you know, somebody comes to me as a client, I act as healer or helper to them, or there's uh, so many other people who do this work. Um, or the healer may not be defined in the healer role. They might just be a good neighbor that you can uh, talk to and helps you process some stuff. Um, and then finally, we come to this category of random helper, which is the angelic style being that at the time of your darkest need you um you begin to come into touch with them they just sort of show up on the bus with you sitting next to you with this air of calm um that helps you in that moment so every relationship we experience in this lifetime positive or negative profound or small is a part of our soul circle and these are divine convergences sent to transform and heal uh, there's seven relationship categories that are going to matter to you family friend mentor colleague lover healer and random helper and in your lifetime you're going to experience them all positive or negative, profound or small. These are what make up your soul circle and they are designed to transform and heal you. So that's all great. And it's important to recognize which relationship you're in, which role you're playing with someone. But at a certain point, uh, as conscious beings, the next step is after being able to recognize these seven relationship categories it's time for you to step beyond the roles into a place of divine understanding of these individuals in your soul circle 
this divine understanding. And this is where ultimate healing happens. And this is what we're going to work on today. Um, the way the divine sees us, when people, uh, uh, I was just doing some <laughs> some work the other day with a couple different folks, and um, we were working on meeting uh, guides as part of the intuitive training that I do. And when the guides come to people for the first time, the guides and the angels that show up in the room are so excited to finally make contact with this individual. Um, probably these guides and angels have been trying for lifetimes to have a way to communicate with this particular soul, this particular person. And when, uh, when connection is finally made, it's like, I mean, I see party hats and confetti and celebration and people jumping up and down. And this is, you know, not the client necessarily, you're probably sitting there with their eyes closed, but the divine guides and angels themselves. And their approach to us is always, it's, it's similar to the way we look at, and this is going to sound funny, but I just, it's just the best thing I can think of to explain it in this happy way. Um, the way we see uh, babies or toddlers or puppies or little kittens, you know, they're so sweet and they're so vulnerable and they've got this ability to have infinite potentiality infinite potentiality um, as long as they are supported and loved and celebrated. So the guides don't worry so much about um, the guides don't worry so much about all of our failings, all of our past, you know, bleh and bleh and the other bleh. Uh, they don't worry so much about this. Instead, they are always looking at us as these beautiful, beautiful tiny beings who are just at the the moment of, of beginning to blossom into the pretty flowers we are, um, infinite potentiality that we have as human beings. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break in one second. Um, we're going to, we're going to do a meditation on the infinite potentiality and how this can help you shift relationships. We're going to play another song from Rod Hayes Dream, the new album by Martyrs of Sound. You can download it. Uh, it's on, it's uh, as a physical CD or um, uh, on iTunes on my website, sarahweisman.com. And this is called Om Shanti. Let's take a quick break and listen to this song now.
Listening to Om Shanti from Martyrs of Sound. It's from our new album, Rod Hayes Dream, which is available uh, on my website, uh, sarahweisman.com. Um, if you're a YouTube fan, I know a lot of people who like uh, relaxing new age music, or if you have like a, I'm not sure what they're called, like an ITV, or if you just like to listen to music uh, on a monitor while you're at work or whatever, um, we've got several YouTubes. It's under Martyrs of Sound. Beautiful um, uh, ocean scene and some flowers, like some lilies in sunset. Um, There's one at the Buddhist temple on Kauai. And then recently, um, one song, Ong Namo, a guy contacted us, also from Kauai, incidentally, and he asked if he could put the music to um, a YouTube that he had done that features him um, swimming with dolphins. And he's just like there in the water with the camera and the dolphins are there. And then the song uh, Ong Namo is playing um, in the background. And then the dolphins start kind of singing along. So that was pretty cool. I was really, um, dolphins are pretty cool animals. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, anyway, back to this idea of shifting relationships, the first thing we want to do is understand, you know, this role that we've got going on, family, friend, mentor, colleague, lover, healer, or random helper. And that helps us sort of categorize, you know, what level of relationship we're talking about. And then we begin to notice how the divine uh, sees us. So we may be super angry at our family member, but if we were to go into divine vision, divine sees us and that horrible family member, whoever that is, as um, this beautiful, funny, silly toddler or puppy or kitten or, or whatever little vulnerable, you know, baby seal, whatever little vulnerable thing that you want to think about with this idea of infinite potentiality. Um, and of course the infinite potentiality is also, is always coming into consciousness. Um, so one of the two of the biggest relationship issues we tend to have are the relationships that are the most intimate, uh, for us. So the first one of course is always, um, one of your parents, it's, I'm going to just use this one as the, your mother, because I know that there's a lot of, um, people listening who have this issue right now. And so instead of thinking of your mother as mother role, so say you're, you know, 
30 or 40 or 50 or 60 now, instead of thinking of your mother in the way that you thought of her when you were a kid, you know, this person that's maybe supposed to cook for you or give you money or fold your laundry or comfort you or all of those things that she maybe she did well, maybe she did terribly, you begin to see your mother with the eyes of the divine guides and angels. And so you begin to understand fully that um, just like you, this person that may have been the best thing in your life or may have been the, the relationship that caused you the most pain because of her inability to be what you wanted, this person is same as you little puppy, little kitten, little baby, little toddler, infinite potentiality that that possibly did not emerge, that possibly did not emerge. And then if you also look at the next relationship that for most people <laughs> tends to cause a lot of trouble, this idea of the partner or the spouse or the boyfriend and girlfriend, the intimate relationship that we're in, um, we also tend to look at this as the role that this person will play as one of those seven relationships of the lover or of the beloved. And often that means um, to be in different relationships. It's different, of course, but to be the provider, to be the sexual partner, to be the companion or the roommate or the person who helps with the family. And so these are all roles that um, the partner is required to take on. And maybe even if you have a very, um, very um, uh, free relationship in that maybe you don't have kids together or there's no money concerns, still the partner is is held in this role of the lover or the beloved or the partnership. And that itself is a role that this will be, quote unquote, the one for you at all moments. And so if you take a look at this partner, um, whether it's an ex or it's a current partner, and you look at this person as, again, this divine little being, so lowly and sweet and and just at the beginning levels of consciousness, this is how the guides see us, and and this infinite potentiality for soul growth, which may or may not um, be taken, but just like the divine, just like you and I would look at a toddler as they take their first steps, and like we would clap and cheer and laugh and praise as they took their first step, um, the divine does this for us, you know, who are who are <laughs> who are just struggling human beings in this lifetime, you know not able to do a whole lot when you compare us to uh, guides and angels. Um, again, I choose these relationships of a mother and of partner because they are the most intimate. They represent the relationships that that provide the most intimate level of true connection with another human being that I think is, is possible for human beings to achieve. Um, we are born from our mother's body. So unless, um, in some way you're, you know, you were born of a surrogate mother, this 
um, or you were born in a test tube, this intimacy of, of arriving from another person's body is an extraordinarily intimate experience. Not only do you arrive from the body, but you live in the body for, um, you know, nine to 10 months. Um, extreme intimacy, extreme bonding. And then we arrive, of course, and the idea of becoming separate and individual is part of our life struggle. Um, with our partner, we either enter or allow our partner to enter our body sexually to have that intimate space um, encroached upon in a way that we don't allow other people to have access to. And so this is also this extraordinary intimacy. Um, and then if you do have a partner with whom you have children, um, you, if you're a woman, you um, birth a child. So these intense experiences that are not just energetic, but that are also physically connected are very intense, intimate experiences. And so in this intensity, of course, um, you know, it makes it easy for us to feel um, that we need certain things or we want certain things. And yet this other person, even though they're holding this intense intimacy with us, may or may not be able to provide. And so we have the fights with our parents. We have the wounds with our parents. We have the parents who never were able to provide for us uh, what we wanted. Um, we have the divorces and the breakups and the other thing because this intimacy wasn't able to be fully um, fully dealt with. And so I invite you to um, look at the roles of the people that you are struggling with. And again, I used the idea of the mother and the partner because those are the roles that I see coming up for most people that I'm working with right now. It may be a role with a sibling, a colleague, that's up to you. But I invite you to view these folks just in a moment, closing your eyes, bringing them into your awareness, this person with whom you've struggled over time, over your lifetime continually, and just begin to embody them and feel them in your own self taking them into your body for a moment and look for a moment with the pain that they might have had in their life, same as you, these early wounds, we all get these disappointments, these ways in which we thought life would be one way and it turned out to be another way altogether. And hold that person's pain just for a moment, recognizing it. You don't have to forgive them, you're just having this in your awareness. And then, of course, use this entire technique of pain into compassion for them, for yourself, into connection, and then into love. And when we talk about love, you take this person with whom you may be fighting right now, you may be angry with, and you look at them as if you were divine guide, looking at them as people, individuals working on their soul growth, same as you, people with all their pain and all their wound and all their own stuff, and realizing that the role that you've assigned to them 
is incorrect. They are actually individual soul. The role needs to come away from your perception of this person. The role is what is creating the relationship problem. Take away the role. Look at them with the idea of infinite potentiality for change, for growth. Even if they don't seem like they're growing at all, that's not up to you. That's up to the divine. Even if they don't seem like they're changing. Remember, consciousness can happen to anyone in the blink of an eye. And sometimes these people, like the older parents who we think aren't conscious, they may become conscious and never tell us about it, their children. Never tell us. That doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Detach from outcome over what the result is and trust that these souls, just like you, are working on their own path of soul growth. Uh, we're going to close up in a few minutes for the week. I wanted to mention uh, today I'm going to Gaia's Garden in Texas. I'm going to Skype into their book club. If you want me to come do that for your book group, just send me an email. And I'll be in Portland, Body, Mind, Spirit Expo this weekend. Thank you all for listening. So happy to introduce you to the new music of Martyrs of Sound. You've been listening to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. And I look forward to working with you again next week. Thanks for listening. Want more of Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman? Tune in every Friday for more amazing teachings on intuition, spirituality, and you. Want to contact Sarah direct? Visit www.sarahwiseman.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.